and welcome to Rangers Rundown, your 2018 number one podcast in the world for Delino DeShields appreciation. As always, I'm Max, and I'm joined today by Hayden. What's going on? And Mike. Hey, guys. The fearsome threesome is back together, and we're here to talk about as little of the 2018 Texas Rangers as physically possible, but we can talk about some of the stuff that's fun, and that includes Delano DeShields. Last week's winner of Actually Good, who kept it going this week. Delano DeShields, still actually good. Yeah, he, uh, he's he got a 10-game uh, hitting streak going. He's batting 3-1 during that stretch, and uh, he's got an ops over 1,000. He's actually uh, bringing, a, bringing the slugging along with him, which is nice. Yeah, I've, I've been a big fan of, uh, of Delano for a long time, and you know one of the big things on him is that he's sort of a throwback type puts the ball on the ground, legs it out, going to first, doesn't really hit the ball in the air, and when he does, it doesn't go very far, but big three-run dinger the other day. In the same game that Joey Gallo hit two home runs, which, because you put those three things together, and then you remember as the Texas Rangers, you'll note that we lost that game. Whatever. <laughs> but hey, Delano Shields, playing great defense in center, actually scorching the ball right now, kinda, but hitting it He's getting holes. He's getting on base. Stole two bases today off Chris Sale. That's fun to see. Uh, that's what you want him to be doing. You want him to be leading off. You want him to get on the base, and you want him to, you know, wreak some havoc out there and open up things for your other hitters. And he's been doing a very good job of that. It'd be nice to have him followed up in the lineup by you know Elvis Andrews and not Isaiah Kinderfalefa. Hopefully in a, in about a month. But you know what? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Field a, right. an actual team? Ah. This is this is Texas Rangers baseball. You can't have things the way that you planned. No, I believe that's actually against the rules. It's in the CBA yeah. somewhere. Look it up. Yeah, it it is good to see Delino play well. He's a guy. I mean, I I like all of our players, but well, that's not true. <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> um, but he is somebody that I I really do um, enjoy, particularly. Uh, I enjoy watching him succeed, like on a personal level. Um, a Rule Five draft pick doesn't have, other than speed, any loud uh, loud tools. Really has to work hard for anything that he gains in the game, which everybody does, of course. But I mean, he spent most of 2016 in the minors because he turned into a bad player and he turned himself into a good player again. So it's cool to see him uh, hit a. Nice home run the other night, and just turn into more of a complete ball player. It's it's a uh, it's cool because you know that he's always believed in himself, and so to see it kind of play out, um, especially as he's been handed the keys to being the full time center fielder, it's a pretty big deal, and it's it's a uh, it's cool to see him succeed. He also just seems like a really good guy. Um, yeah, right. If you if you don't follow him on Twitter, you should. He's it's very wholesome. It's a, yes, it's a really wholesome Twitter account. Yes, I mean, he talked about basically getting choked up on the way to the park this morning, just feeling so blessed, and it's you just want good things to happen for him. And good things are happening for him and because of him, and that's always fun. It's it's like you were saying, Hayden, it's really nice when a guy that you like for whatever reason, you sort of, I just feel like I like the liner to shields, and then he does well, and so you feel even better that you're watching a guy succeed who you want to succeed, not just because he's on your team, but because you like him. You right. Know, I like rooting for him. It's easy to root for him. He seems like a fun guy. Uh, that Twitter account is uh, it's it's pretty good. Delano is uh, a a solid dude and somebody I'm definitely enjoying watching get the opportunity to really put his uh, make his mark on baseball. 
Mm-hmm. That's, that's definitely been a lot of fun. Yeah, but he's not the only good player the Rangers fielded this week. I know, surprising. A team that went 2-5 and five actually fielded multiple good players. But Nomar Mazzara? Hey, someone was someone was trying to convince me. I don't know who. Some stranger that Nomar Mazzara might actually be good. <laughs> I wonder uh, who that might have been. Are there stats on that? I don't know. What do the nerds say? <laughs> well, he... A uh, couple things. Number one, he um, has five extra base hits against lefties already this season, which doesn't sound like a lot. We're still pretty early in, but he had eight all of last season. So he's on pace to really improve his numbers there. He's um, fourth in the league uh, against left-handers, batting two ninety-three. Um, he's just he's, – he's maturing right in front of our eyes. He's figuring things out. Um, oh, and he hit four home runs in four games this week. So he does have a little power. It's, it's just – it's fun watching him mature right in front of our eyes. Yeah, I was looking at his splits on Fangraphs, and it's just—it's really nice seeing those equalize because historically he's been very, very bad against lefties, and he's been pretty okay against righties. With the idea being that he's still a young hitter, and it's all kind of, kind of come together, and he's going to be a good player. But this year, he's actually his WRC plus is stronger against lefties. Still a small sample. I mean, he's only got so many plate appearances against lefties. It's less than fifty, I think, and he's got about a hundred versus righties. But he's been good in that sample. You know, his power is there against lefties. He's actually slugging slightly better against lefties than he is against righties. He is striking out a lot against lefties, thirty percent, but. That's that's fine. He's 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 swinging and he's making making good things happen with the bat. And then it's pretty equal. 121 WRC plus against lefties and 115 against righties. You know, there's nothing that really jumps out about that. That is that is good. And, and if Nomar, mm-hmm. you know, now that he's been in the league for 12 years and he's got to be what 30, 35 by now. He's an old guy, I think. There's no way he mm-hmm. turned 23 in say I don't know April of this year. That that couldn't yeah. possibly happen. Ten days ago. He's too old to be learning anything. But it, it would be very nice to see Nomar Mazzara kind of continue to, to grow into that and, and be a, an effective, and not just effective, but a good hitter against lefties going forward because he's always had sort of the pieces there. Right. And there were some questions with his approach and some questions with his swing and just learning his way around the bigs. And, yeah, I'd mm-hmm. still like to see him hit the ball in the air more, but he did that this week, and look what happened. Home runs. Those mm-hmm. are good. It's always impressive when you see him hit those home runs. That, um, let's see. I'm looking at his page right now. He hit exactly 20 in uh, 2016 and 2017. So he's got, I don't know, moderate power uh, according to the stats. But some of those home runs are going over 450 feet. So you know the power's there. He's already has seven this season. So um, that power kind of maybe turning into a – more regular part of his game and his approach at the plate uh, combined with uh, being able to hit left-handed hit uh, pitchers and really getting that opportunity I think maybe more than he has in the past and when he succeeds he gets more and more opportunities you know and so uh, again like you mentioned he just turned 23 if he was playing in AAA he would be lighting the world on fire and everybody would be saying bring him up he'd be our number one prospect and mm-hmm. um you know, he, he's been basically replacement level a little bit better yeah. than, uh, than that. Over two seasons, he accumulated half a win, which is weird. It makes me kind of question the, the formula a little bit because he was a good player, 
but not great. I guess we we might be a little biased, but uh, for him to, to take another step and develop as a 23, 24, 25-year-old pit, uh, hitter, he's going to have a lot of value, and uh, it would be great if he was hitting his prime and hitting his stride and uh, being a, a 120, 130 WRC plus bat whenever uh, we're in our next window uh, to compete for a world championship. We're going to be relying on him. We're going to be relying on Gallo and hopefully Delano DeShields. He really does look like a quality, not just a, a, an acceptable, but a good center fielder now and an actual hitter. You know, these are all the guys who are going to be an important part of the future, and that's hopefully going to include a, a Rugnan Odor that isn't terrible and guys like Willie Calhoun and maybe Ronald mm-hmm. Guzman. We've talked about Isaiah kind of falefa quite a bit on this podcast. He's not somebody who's really, I think, projected to be a, a stud player or even a particularly good player, but you know, if, if he's one of those guys who has that little breakthrough at some point and actually turns into a serviceable hitter despite not really having looked like one by scouting reports before, that would be a lovely thing to have happen. He's kind of coming back down to earth. Didn't have a great week at the plate, but his batted ball profiles and his actual results are more or less lined up. It doesn't look like he's a terrible hitter. It just looks like he's a, a simply not very good one, which is not surprising given his age and given his you know, lack of exposure to this kind of pitching and being thrown into the fire straight yeah. off the bat. So there's, there's, I think there's some reasons to be excited about guys coming up. Yeah, Connor Fluffa, he, at a minimum, would make a really good bench player on a really good team, a, a playoff mm-hmm. team, mm-hmm. a World Series contender. You would like to have a guy like that on your team. I still would love to see him catch in a big league game. You know, I haven't had the chance to actually watch him catch yet. Uh, I've seen some clips, but you can't get a feel for a catcher based off of highlights or just off of uh, uh, short clips. You really want to kind of see a couple of games and see how he calls and see how he works back there. But you know, the, the reports are that he's serviceable behind the plate. He's obviously very athletic. He looks really good in the field. Um, and he's getting to know these guys. And he's been on the team for... Uh, Oh, man, how long has he been up with the team now? At least three weeks, right? Yeah, I was, I was thinking about three weeks. So he's, he's getting to know these these pitchers as, as people. He's probably getting to see all their stuff from a defensive position, and so it's not going to be you know, the craziest thing in order for him to slip behind the plate and maybe be able to call a good game with guys he knows, whose stuff he knows. So he's a very exciting player to have lying around just from the, a that sort of super utility perspective. And if the bat can be even, if it even sniffs major league uh, useful. That's that's a really cool player. So I'm I'm hoping to have a lot of fun rooting for going forward. He's another guy kind of Definitely. like the Shields that I would like to root for. He seems like a a, a fun guy and a cool dude to to pull for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, about being a being a good player on a great uh, on like a, a World Series containing team and a good bench piece. Just from my experience as a Rangers fan and watching the team for a while, it would be really cool if we actually had. A dedicated bench player um, that could that has a regular role and is just expected to actually give guys a day off rather than we've uh, done this thing with uh, Michael Young and Jerks and Profar in the past trying to just fill out a bench by saying here make sure you have six different gloves in your bag and uh, we'll just shoehorn you into the lineup every every once in a while to keep you happy and to sort of get guys off their feet every once in a while but it'd be cool to actually justify being in there right right it'd be cool it'd be cool to have a bench player 
I mean, because on in, in all likelihood, that's probably what he's going to be. He's going to be the twenty third or the twenty fifth player on a on a bench on a roster. But um, to have the the utility and have uh, a bat that you can squint your eyes and say he might give, uh, I don't know, not a bad at bat at least, and he, and he does have good bat skills. Um, say what you will about the actual numbers, but when you watch him play. Um, it's clear that he has a good approach. He's he's not the moment's not too big for him. He I think that he's getting comfortable playing the bigs. And uh, Jeff Bannister has had him uh, hit and run quite a bit, actually, which is interesting to me. So, uh, and he's been executing that pretty well. So it's cool to see him actually have a handle of what it means to be a major league player, even though he just turned 23, just like Mazzara did. And uh, unlike Mazzara, he was not counted. Uh, the plan was not for him to be here in April and May. Mm-hmm. So. He's doing a good job. And I think it's going to be interesting to watch what we do with him probably this week. So Rignan Odor started his rehab with Frisco, uh, went, I think, 0 for 3 with a walk and a strikeout in his first game, went 1 for 2 with a double today. He should be up by the middle of the week. I don't imagine they're going to keep him down there for very long. You know, it's just a hamstring thing. He's been out for, what, about a month now? And, mm-hmm. and they want him to just show that he can actually run and field. He played second base today. So Izzy's been moving around his defensive positions. I'm curious to see if we don't see him play a little bit more shortstop and see if Jerickson can play third base. I I don't think they'll do that. I would like to see them try and do that. Jerickson's defense at shortstop has been kind of questionable. And... If he figures in at third base, that would be a useful team thing for the team to have. Mm-hmm. I'd I'd like to to be able to know that, but we'll probably just see a lot of Isaiah Kainafalefa at third, with Rudy stepping back in at second and Jerickson at short up until Elvis comes back. Um, interesting to see who they send down when they bring Rugi up. I think Guzman is a pretty likely contender there, which would allow Nunez to play left field with I don't know Drew Robinson somebody <laughs> and Gallo sitting at, at first mm-hmm. but we'll, we'll have to see how that goes and then when Beltre comes back up we probably shift Jerkson back to the bench and Isaiah can uh, go back down to AAA and be one of the cool kids who's actually seen the bigs and has the right. paychecks to prove it so right when you when you started to speculate about who might get sent down when Odor and like what might happen to the roster once Odor comes back presumably within a couple of days yeah. it's I had a revelation and and it's hard to predict who's going to go down because there's just so many candidates <laughs> and how that's just a sad truth because I, I was thinking that it would be Drew Robinson probably but that's Which funny because I was thinking I was thinking that they would fire Rua into the sun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which which dude with an OPS plus below fifty would you like to send down to AAA? <laughs> mm. Pick one. We've got we've got several. Right. Woohoo! Although I Nunez's success has not been there at all. I have liked quite a few of Nunez's at bats. You know, he is hitting the ball when he's getting his chances. It's just finding gloves. Now maybe that's just how it's always going to be, and he's not good enough of a hitter to actually find the grass and find the seats. It might just be a mirage. He swings hard and hits hard at some times, but isn't a good hitter. But there's, I, you can kind of see what the team was thinking when they picked him up, that he does have some intriguing 
stuff going on there at the plate, but I don't know how long we're going to maintain that facade. He may be a, a casualty when we def- finally decide to bring Willie Calhoun up. Maybe they platoon those guys just because they refuse to admit that Willie Calhoun is good. In that situation, though, we probably don't have a backup center fielder on the 25-man. So, I mean, honestly, just let just let Izzy stay up the whole year. He, he can't be much worse of a center fielder than Drew Robinson is. So send Drew down and, and let Isaiah hang out. I'm fine with it. Oh, yeah. Or just let let uh, the Shields play every game in center field. <laughs> no backups. Joey Gallo no backups. is the backup center fielder. There you go. He's played. He can do Pro- it. Problem solved. We know that we don't need a backup center fielder. We do not need one. We didn't need one before. We don't need one now, damn it. <laughs> exactly. That wasn't what like our second podcast ever was about. Nope. was about the, and I use the word negligence of the front office to not <laughs> sign an actual center fielder. It's fine. Maybe the next guy going on rehab can play center field too, can moonlight out there. Because, yes, that's right, Rangers fans. Tim Lincecum coming to a minor league stadium near you, should you be in the Round Rock area. Tim Lincecum starts his rehab assignment tomorrow, Monday, uh, with Round Rock, I believe. He is eligible to come off the 60 day disabled list on the 28th of May. So he's going to get a couple of weeks to get in the swing of things of. Pitching and then pitching back-to-back and maybe pitching more than one inning. We'll see what version of the freak we get. Some of the the film that was coming out of spring looked like Tim Lincecum. Uh, It looks Mm -hmm. like that hip might be in a position where he can actually get his full stride that he had when he was younger. For a short pitcher, he had one of the longest strides of, of anybody in the league because he was so like bouncy and athletic coming out of that position. That's really where he got a lot of his success, and as that, that hip injury started to bother him more and more, he wasn't able to get the step, and so his extension suffered, and I think his release points wavered, and that's when he all he fell apart as a pitcher. So it'd be interesting to see if that, that hip is actually recovered now or if we're going to get another pretty thoroughly mediocre Tim Lins again. Just, you know, just don't know yet. But in a completely lost season, he's a guy that I really want to see play. I mean, yeah. regardless of how he actually performs, just just – Recalling what he was like when he was on top of his game, winning the Cy Young and going to World Series, and yeah, yeah, just I've got to get out there and see him as soon as he's uh, back in Arlington. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a special player, and hopefully we get Adrian back sometime in the next I don't know ten days or so, two weeks. Um, his I think his original timeline said mid May. There's been some whispers that it might be a little bit earlier than that, but he's probably not going to need very much of, if any, of a rehab assignment. I don't think he historically has utilized rehab assignments for relatively short-term injuries, so he should be able to slot back in. Yeah, rehab is for mortals. Yeah, rehab is for mortals and poor, poor Yachty Molina's groin. Ouch. (laughs) Ooh. For those of you who are unaware, Jordan Hicks is the hardest-throwing pitcher in baseball, and he had a pitch foul-tipped right into the beans, and Yadi Molina uh, had to have surgery for, uh, they called it a pelvic area injury with traumatic hematoma. And we talked on this show a few weeks ago about words you don't want to put together. Testicle contusion <laughs> was one of them. <laughs> traumatic hematoma and groin. That's, those, are, those are not good. That's bad. 
So, R.I.P. in pieces, Yachting Molina's pieces. Oh. <sighs> but the guy I think we're all the most excited is coming off the DL. Um, doesn't have a timetable for recovery just yet, but I am itching to see when Carlos Tochi makes his big return, his much-heralded return to the majors. <laughs> should, be, should be really any day now. They just put him on the DL with a, a, a hip thingy, and they're like, well, you know how hip thingies are. They're, right. Uh, they're wild and unpredictable. He's, <laughs> he's, got, he's got that thing with his hip. So. Personally, I can't wait for Carlos Tochi bobblehead day. I know it's going to be coming up at some point. <laughs> yeah, it, it would be really embarrassing for the club if he wasn't back on the roster in time for his bobblehead night. Yeah, exactly. It would, be, it would be such a travesty. There's no way we're manipulating the service time of this Rule 5 guy. Like we, would, we would love him to be out there for his bobblehead day. Hey, but really, really though, isn't there a thing where you have to be on the active roster for like sixty games in order yeah, to have so your Rule Five to, status? You uh, can like definitely waived? abuse the DL status on Rule Five guys. Um, mm-hmm. There was some discussion about doing that with Tommy John pitchers that you you DL them and then you put them on their rehab assignments, and, and that you can really screw with a lot of it. And that way, you really only have to keep a player for part of one season, and then the beginning of the next season and then you'll be able to safely option that player relatively early in their right. second year with the club I, I don't know that that's the plan with Carlos Tochi uh, I don't know that there is a plan with Carlos Tochi they may have honestly <laughs> forgotten him <laughs> and uh, someone's going to remind them like late May hey when's Carlos coming back and they're like oh shit uh, have you called him I I forgot like do you have his number does anyone have Carlos Tochi's phone number like <laughs> He's like you should go to Frisco. He's like Huel in Breaking Bad. He's still sitting yeah. in that hotel room waiting. <laughs> just, just hanging out. Yeah, Bannister just told him to go. He's like, uh, just go get treatment or something. Go to the trainer. And that was the last <laughs> time driving. anybody had yeah anybody had seen him. He's been trying to get into the Rangers <laughs> complex and surprise extended spring, but no one will answer the doorbell. <laughs> and... <laughs> so, I'm sorry if Carlos Tochi listens to this podcast, but also... Hi, Carlos. What's up? <laughs> yeah, so, man, Rangers Rundown, your 2018 podcast home for all things Carlos Tochi, rampant speculation about whether or not anyone's told him he's hurt. <laughs> he's still rocking that, uh, what, 080 batting average? Is that about That's right? Bad. Yeah. Uh, 80, 148, 80. Yeah. 228 yeah. ops. <laughs> mm. That's pretty good. My, fi- my favorite uh, Carlos Tochi stat is that um, he has swung at more pitches outside of the strike zone than inside the strike zone. <laughs> it's it's an unorthodox strategy to be sure. It's hard to do that on purpose. I know, I know. Like would, pitchers are trying to throw strikes, and and you're supposed saying. to yeah yeah uh, you in, you're trying to hit strikes, and yet you know that you you just shake those those situations up, and he has ended up trying to hit more balls than strikes. I d- that that's so anti-baseball <laughs> <laughs> okay so I'm, I'm making a note for myself here I have a fun burst segment for the next one I'm going to try and find the best seasons in baseball history with a higher strike per- a swing percentage at out of zone than in zone Okay, uh, and we're going to see if anybody's been good doing that it's going to be Vlad Guerrero yeah. <laughs> but. Well, yeah, so, so what you're saying is that uh, Carlos is on a Hall of Fame trajectory then. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you heard it here first, everyone. <laughs> Carlos Tochi, going to be a stud. A stud make something. A note right here. Yeah, we'll write that down. Carlos Tochi, we called it on the 6th of May, 2018, before anyone else could see it. 
Oh my gosh, talk Ooh. about squatting on a take. <laughs> it's Carlos Tochi. <laughs> hey, we'll bust that out in 2028. Like, see? Boom. I knew it. Yeah. We should record a whole bunch of those and then roll them out in 10 years. Be like, see? We called it. That would be easy, yeah. 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 Uh, uh, that would be easy. What is not easy is watching Matt Moore pitch for the Texas Rangers. But lucky you, Texas Ranger fan, listen to this podcast. You get one more opportunity to see the brilliance, the beauty, the wonder that is Matt Moore pitch. Should be going tomorrow against the Tigers. Somehow, we're still Yay. letting Matt Moore throw baseballs. He's got an ERA of like 13. His whip is a hair under two. Still better than Martin Perez, which that's close. oh gosh, that's that's a backhanded compliment if I ever heard one. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Uh, I had yep. forgotten about Martin. I had honestly forgotten about Martin Perez somehow. Matt Moore's ERA God. is an interesting Boeing aircraft meant to transport two hundred people at high speeds. So it, it, it's a seven sixty seven. There you go. That's yep. Make nice. sure you tune in for that game, guys. Don't want to miss Matt Moore versus Mike Fulmer, who's actually good. And it might be your last chance to see Matt Moore. I mean, right, I'm right. Ho- I hope so. Again, Matt Moore, if you're listening to this, hey. Um, hey, buddy. <laughs> hey, we sent you that card. You're going to get it. <laughs> it's in the mail. Uh, yeah. I I am a self-proclaimed Rangers fan. I think that we all are, you know. Go Rangers. <laughs> Wait, hope, who? Hope. Um, I've never heard of but, him. But... Uh, I'm hoping he gets just rocked tomorrow. Give me another nine innings or nine earned runs and three innings. Just slop fest. Just yeah, make honestly, it. is a very good pitcher. so That's true. We're, we're, the offense isn't likely to get a whole ton going against him anyway. So we might, if we're going to lose two to nothing, let's lose 12 to nothing. Right. Whatever. We haven't been shut out yet this year, actually. That's an interesting point on the broadcast. There's only yeah, two teams. I did hear that. the Yankees, I think. Yeah. That's fun. Yep. So Matt Moore, Mike Fulmer. Fulmer is very good. If you're into beards, you should be into Mike Fulmer. Then uh, game two is going to be Mike Miner and Mike Fires. Yes, that's three mics so far for those counting at home. Four mics if you're counting our mic. Many mics. Many mics and a mat. Uh, Mike Miner, Mike Fires. Fires, uh, you'll remember, as being very bad with the Astros, but they traded to get him, and he is still pretty bad with the Tigers, but not quite as terrible. Miner... I still keep waiting for that really big grid Mike Miner game where he just goes out there and shows that he's a great pitcher. So we're, we're, we're kind of due for it at some point. The Tigers lineup is, on paper, coming into the season was very bad, and this is supposed to be an incredibly terrible team. They've actually been surprisingly good. Yeah, there's a good couple of hitters on there. Miggy looks like he's bouncing back. Um, but Heimer Condelario has been a very good hitter. Nick Castellanos has been a pretty good hitter, sort of finally. He, he, he finally had his breakthrough last year. Um, Rangers fans will remember Leandis Martin. Yeah. Starting center fielder, Leandis Martin. He's having fun. So there's a couple of good players in this team. And one of them is the, the Game 3 starter. We will send Bartolo Colon out there. And the Tigers are going with Francisco Liriano, who is good again. Liriano has been quite good this season. He's just an, uh, an effective pitcher again. And he's a lefty, so we'll see what the, the Rangers do with that. Probably send a lot of lefties to the plate. Yeah, it's not the strategy, but it's what we're going to do anyway. And there you go. That's your series. The Rangers are going to appear. The Tigers are going to be there. It's in Texas. 
two two seven o'clock starts and then a one o'clock. Cologne Liriano are going to sweat really heavily at a one o'clock game in May in Texas. So if you're interested in seeing what the mound looks like after a rain game, show up on that one. You'll get a, get a, a first hand first hand view. I think Cologne actually sweats uh, gravy. I don't want to think about this. Are you talking ill about my man, Bartolo Colon? No, not at all. Uh, that sounded dangerously close to it. He's my hero. But heroes is an interesting discussion. The Rangers are a team of, of limited heroics this year. And in such dark times, sometimes it is nice to find a light elsewhere. So when the Rangers are bad, sometimes you have to turn your eyes and, and see what else is good. And with Clayton Kershaw heading the disabled list and the rest of the Dodgers looking maybe even more injury-stricken than Texas, that's not a very good option. Our, our hometown kid, who the Rangers will still pay $35 million a year to be bad, um, is out. But there are other teams that employ fun players, and I, we all had some homework. We had to come up with or <laughs> either make up a team or, or claim a team <laughs> we actually like uh, to watch. So... Hayden, this this was your segment idea. Why don't you lead us into the promised land and tell us who, instead of the Rangers, we should be watching in 2018 and why. Show your work. Oh, okay. So there is the uh, last episode. I used the word irrational numerous times, and so I will continue to use that word uh, to describe my enjoyment of the New York Mets. Boo. I, I said that with a question mark. Like, I... It's just... You see the I see the Mets win, and I said, "Oh, good," you know. And I, I don't exactly know why. I did go to New York in 2008 with my parents, which was actually um, the year that the uh, the home run derby was there when when Josh Hamilton did his did his thing in uh, in Yankee Stadium. I actually saw a uh, the Ranger Scott Feldman beat the Yankees in a game <laughs> that we went to at Old Yankee Stadium. So that was great. Um, the back pages of, of like the New York uh, newspapers were all like, who is Scott Feldman and why is our team trash? Because we got beat by a guy named Scott Feldman. Um, but we also went to Stray Stadium. We actually didn't get to go inside. But there was something about like the pinstripes and the orange and blue that stuck with me. And I think that they were still kind of bad back then. Of course they were, the Mets. So I kind of ha- <laughs> identified with them as like an underdog kind of deal, you know. Uh, playing second fiddle, you know, feeling bad for them, kind of. And now they have uh, Cespedes and Thor and DeGrom. And it's just, to, for me, it's easy to like them. And, again, I'm going to come back to those pinstripes. I like those a lot. I mean, I'm not sure it's the greatest argument I've ever heard, but I, I have no. to allow it uh, in the interest of allowing this podcast to continue. So <laughs> uh, you pass. Um, C+. Plus. Take it. <laughs> Mike, do you have a favorite non-Rangers team or group of players at least? I do, and my logic may be a little bit faulty, but I generally yeah. hate all teams that aren't the Texas Rangers. That's fine. And so, you know, when I thought about it, I was like, okay, there are a couple of teams um, I felt like I was allowed to like because they suck just as much as the Rangers have sucked <laughs> over their existence. Yeah, no. That makes sense. Yeah, so it was the Boston Red Sox uh, when I was growing up, and you know, in my twenties and thirties, and you know, because you had the Bill Buckner thing, you had you know oh, yeah. Carlton Fisk waving the home run fair, and you know, just a lot of unique things about him. I've been to Fenway a couple of times, but 
then they won the World Series a couple of times, and then I decided their fans are douchebags, so I couldn't like them anymore. So I switched over, and now now I'm a an Indians fan, um, partly okay. because I always really respected Terry Francona when he was manager for the for the Red Sox, and just on a personal level, I took my daughter to surprise for a spring training game against the Indians a couple of years ago, and. Francona was sitting on a little metal fold-out chair to the right of the dugout, and we were like in the third row. And so I gave my daughter a ball and said, hey, go see if Terry Francona will sign that for you. And he ended up turning his chair around, his back to the game that was still going on, and talked to my daughter for what seemed like a good 10 minutes about baseball. And I thought, wow, that is the coolest thing ever. So, yeah, I think I was the only person um, outside of Cleveland that was rooting for the Indians against the uh, – against the the cubs so you know my heart was broken once again so that's that's a i I like how you went outside of the texas rangers wheelhouse you're like well who do i want ah let's find the other most depressing team in baseball right now (laughs) for the last several decades if the mariners weren't in our division they would get an honorable mention oh yeah they got yeah up there yeah the mariners were an interesting team uh with with each year on that roster, and they've got a couple of fun young players. I just really can't stand watching Kyle Seager as much as I want to watch Felix Hernandez, and it's it, it's hard to watch Felix this season. I don't I don't like watching bad Felix. It, it doesn't feel good on my insides. No. Uh, for those of you who have not yet seen it, there's a really really good clip of Shohei Otani interacting with Ichiro before a game this week. Uh, I think it was yesterday. Yeah, I saw it. He, he runs up to try and talk to him, and Ichiro runs away from him. And so Shohei is, like, chasing him across the field, trying to bow to him. It's very, very funny. That's uh, funny. I, I highly encourage looking that one up. Maybe we'll, we'll attach it in our, our social media posts. Um, but Indians, that's an appropriately Rangers-esque team. Uh, I'm going to have to lose some points because we just played the Indians, and it was very uncomfortable. So your split loyalties, uh, I, I blame for dropping some of those games, Mike. So um, you're gonna you're gonna go with a what should have been a high B is gonna drop down to a low B B minus. I'll take it. Take it. Uh, so I'm gonna go with the the the, the dumbest team here um, because no one should watch these guys because I watch these guys because I'm forced to do so and so I've been Stockholmed into liking uh, the Atlanta Braves. That, that's a it, uh, there's a lot of things to watch in Atlanta. Uh, you like watching kids? You can watch some kids. You like watching people who are actually good? Freddie Freeman plays for them. You like watching guys who are weird? Nick Markakis is like one of the best hitters in baseball this year. That's strange. You like hate watching dudes? Jose Bautista is the starting third baseman for Atlanta. Third base. Jose Bautista. That's an actual thing. Look it up. You like watching Rangers? They got a bunch. They got Sam Freeman, who was the hard-throwing lefty who wears weird-sized hats. Uh, Brandon McCarthy is on that team. He's always fun. He's not good anymore, but his Twitter is really good, so watch him. And Luke Jackson. Luke Jackson sometimes pitches for the Atlanta Braves. So some He really just got called stellar, up, didn't he? He's been up and down. Yeah. Uh, some really, really stellar former Rangers pitchers all, all hanging out with Atlanta. This lineup is silly. The worst hitter in their starting nine, if you are just to say casually pull up their baseball reference page, is Ender Inciarte, who's also one of the smoothest defensive center fielders in the game, um, and, and is and is a good hitter. He's just off to a, a pretty poor start, and there's no power for him whatsoever. Um, this is a really good lineup. They have a ton of kids. They have, I think, the youngest lineup, now or one of the youngest lineups in baseball. Uh, they're fielding a couple sort of token old guys, but 
when they're running Ozzy Albies out there, this is age 21 season. Ronald Acuna is 20. Ronald Acuna is a child. Um, and he's really good. He's already one of the fastest and hardest-hitting players in the game. This lineup is silly. They are scoring a ton of runs. They're doing it in really fun ways. They're getting it from some odd players, like Ryan Flaherty has been good, which is really weird. Preston Tucker was off to a good start. They picked him off the trash heap. This is just a it's a it's a solid young team on the offensive side, uh, and their their problem so far has been pitching. You know, a lot of their guys just aren't quite there. Brandon McCarthy has not been very good. Julio Teheran has been uh, kind of up and down, which is sort of the story for him in the last several years, uh, and that would be a problem. Except for the fact that the Braves have like thirty top fifty pitching prospects. It's ridiculous. So if you like dudes like, say, Sean Newcomb, who's still young, Matt Whistler is still around. You've got guys coming up like uh, Lucas Sims, who's been around and he's been kind of mediocre. But then Mike Soroka came up and was excellent. Colby Allard is a guy who some evaluators, including this person, like even more than Soroka. He's still sitting in the minors. He's also 20. Soroka is, is 20, by the way. 20 years old. Made his major league debut. Looked excellent. Luis Gohara was pretty good last year. He can get up to like 98, 99 as a kind of portly, chunky lefty. He's fun. He's been struggling in the minors, but he had a really, really terrible offseason. So they've got just, they're leaking great pitchers. These guys are just falling out of their dang ears. And it's a fun team. And they are surprisingly good in the National League East this year. So definitely somebody to follow. Um, They're entertaining, except for the Jose Bautista thing. It's, that's bad. And I would, I would say that the NL East as a whole is pretty entertaining because you have the, the Nationals really scuffling, and looking like both the Braves and the Phillies might be a year or two ahead of schedule. At least we're a month in, you know. Take it yeah. with a grain of salt, but they're looking good, and and the players that they are hoping to build around, maybe they can already start building around them. So um, it's pretty cool yeah, over there. Of, it's kind of gelling a lot, like a little faster, especially with the Braves. This is coming together mm-hmm. much faster than I think people right. had really anticipated. Right, and then, of course, you have the Mets, who uh, at the very least are entertaining, um, and if their pitchers are all healthy, then they're actually quite good. And then you have the Marlins, who it's just kind of going to be a game of how low can you go, which is that's going to be something that is <laughs> – I'm honestly I'm going to check in from time to time. Just yeah. okay. So how many losses are they up to? So they're, they're twelve and twenty. Uh, I right. So that's, yeah, and that's and, well. and the uh, honestly I I would have expected it to be worse. Mm-hmm. Um, with the my favorite my absolute favorite prop bet from the off season is uh, what's what will be greater Marlins losses or Stanton plus Judge home runs, and I think that's just it's going to be right around a hundred. And it's going to be really interesting to see, uh, you know, which one ends up being a larger number. I've got a good prop bet for you. Okay. The guys at the ticket have this one going on, and it's got the local tie-in. So um, it's Ruggy Odor versus uh, Judge, and who is going to have more walks. But they went ahead and gave Ruggy 100 to start the season. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Judge. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Man, that's oh. Oh well. Now, Hayden, I will say 
two thirds of this podcast just informed uh, all of its listeners to listen to watch uh, National League East baseball. So we're already far afield here. We are we are making mistakes. <laughs> but I think we're about to get canceled. Me. Right? Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna. Uh, I'm, my that can happen. Telling me, yeah. <laughs> yeah my, our director is coming in here just screaming at me. No, uh, I take umbrage to something you just said because you said that the Mets pitchers have been good, and that's not true because the Mets employed Matt Harvey. Yeah. And you know who else might employ Matt Harvey? It would be a very 2018 Texas Rangers thing if uh, he... It makes too much sense. He's going to hang out in Uptown way too much, and um, (laughs) he will be gone before July. (laughs) It makes a lot of sense. I think there's there's a limited amount of risk. Because this team isn't really going anywhere, so why not roll the dice on some guys and see if uh, an enormous change of scenery benefits somebody? This this is a guy who has pretty big character concerns, generally. The media has has dragged him, and he's been dragged by ownership in in his front office. Uh, I'd say, in his defense, the Mets are one of the worst franchises in baseball, and they seem to hate their own players and be very, very willing to leak things that are to the detriment of their players that may or may not even be true. And so I do wonder if getting out of that organization and getting out of that clubhouse and coming to a place, any other place, Texas being somewhere that needs pitching, I do wonder if that wouldn't see some improvement. It's not going to fix his stuff. His velocity has been down. His pitches have been mostly ineffective this year. Um... I don't know that Matt Harvey is a good pitcher anymore. He's he's fully two, three miles an hour off of what he was back when he was really, really good, maybe even more. And this is a guy who was routinely getting up to 97, 98 miles an hour, and now he's sort of sitting 93, 92, and, and hoping to reach back and pull 95 or 96 out of the bag. And that, that does make a difference. The pitches haven't looked good. The effectiveness has been awful. He's been He's been a pretty bad pitcher this year. Still a better pitcher than Matt Moore, <laughs> but not really. And he's just somebody who, when I saw he had DFA, I was like, "That's a Rangers pickup." That that just seems very, very 2018 Rangers. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll, I'll say this is that um, the way that I understand the waiver wire is going to be that we should have a pretty early chance to get him. So if we don't end up picking up Matt Harvey it will be because we didn't want him rather than because another team claimed him I think, um, it goes, I think it's early enough into the se- or far enough into the season that now this year's standings right. affect the waiver I think that rolls over in May so it goes right. to the National League first uh, okay. first to first and then it goes to the American League I believe is how yeah. the waiver rules work but I think yeah, so I, um, yeah so there's there's that um, so I guess we'll have somewhat of a potential answer maybe um, it wouldn't surprise me if he just completely gets unclaimed but um secondly i i don't think that the rangers will pick him up i'd be surprised if they did i guess i wouldn't terribly hate it but i since he's a free agent at the end of the season i don't really because yeah it's a you know extremely low risk in terms of um like he could end up being good or he could continue to be bad but at least you're only going to be paying him uh, and and expecting him to be bad. So what happens if he surprises you and is not bad? Well, then you just made you know a net positive. But right. um, this team doesn't really have. We're, we are not a Matt Harvey breakout away from doing anything close to decent. Mm-hmm. So um, I think I look to the other pitcher acquisitions that we made in the off season, like Matt Moore, um, Doug Fister, 
uh, Mike Miner, all guys who are under contract through at least next season as well. So I don't think that Harvey, his if he was signed for next season as well for a reasonable yeah, that would be contract, different. you know, $8 million or less or something, uh, then I can see us taking a look at him. But since what is what is a four months of an okay, potentially Matt Harvey experience going to do in Arlington? Whoa, Not, whoa, wait. Nothing. Are you talking about Matt Harvey as a pitcher? Well, yeah. Oh, I meant him as a hitter. He's batting two eighty six on the season. <laughs> okay. Oh, I had. I'm. So, oh no. I bring okay. That okay. Into bat into the well, then we need to trade for him then. Yeah. <laughs> he's been he's been a positive player by defense, and he's batting two eighty six. Don't look at his line. You, you don't need to know what his on base or slugging percentages are. Spoilers: They're also two eighty six. But like, <laughs> that's a good hitter. Guy's batting two ninety. Come on. The numbers the don't lie. A bit here. You gotta scout the stat line. Hits don't go away just because you're a pitcher. <coughs> All right. Yeah, so Matt Harvey, leadoff hitter, Texas Rangers. You're gonna see it this year, folks. <laughs> Look, if Jose Bautista can play third base, Matt Harvey could be a center fielder. Matt Harvey and Tim Lincecum. Those are your backup center fielders for the Rangers come August. Oh my gosh, it's only <laughs> May six and we're already having to do this kind of thing. <laughs> Uh, completely lost the thread. It's it's not September yet. Uh, it's almost September, Mike. From a certain <laughs> point of view. Hey, do you guys want to start a podcast about the Rangers to where we would have to watch all the games and put actual critical thought into it and uh, look at stats and try to make some sort of analysis and opinion? Twenty eighteen seems like know. a great jumping off point. Yeah, exactly. Let's talk oh about my all the gosh. good stuff. You know. There's so much material yeah. to work with. Yeah. But I think that's about it for me. Uh, do either yeah. of you guys have anything else that was really pressing on your minds today? Nope. Nope. I'm good. Good. Oh, wait. Yes, yes, yes. Uh-oh. My hand is up. Um, so <laughs> we, we talked about uh, on the last one, it was recorded on May 3rd, which is, of course, uh, May the Willy Be With You Day. And mm-hmm. uh, so now that we've passed that and it's kind of – you know, we can settle into the future of knowing that literally there's no reason, at least um, service time-wise, why um, Willie Calhoun is not with the team. Had me thinking today. So, uh, Rua, how much longer are we going to do this, JD? How much longer are we just going to bat him eighth or ninth, put him in left field for nine innings? How much longer are we going to do this? Uh, Rua, if you listen, um, hey there. Um, Ryan, how's it going? But, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm just kind of like tapping my toes, you know. Hmm. Hmm. You How much longer? One for four last night. Uh, one for four today. With a home run. Uh, did he have a home run? Yeah. When? Yesterday? Today. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> Ibanez had a home run today. What are you? I'm talking about Ryan Rua. Oh, I'm talking about Willie Calhoun. <laughs> uh, okay. We can figure that out later. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. Have fun editing this. Oh, I'm not editing that. No. no. All right. So uh, we do have a Facebook page. It's Rangers Rundown. That's the name of this podcast. So put two <laughs> and two together there, and you'll find us. Um, of course. I would say that we are all more active on Twitter, so um, and we actually do 
some live tweets and sharing some good stuff. Um, all, all objectively good stuff. Um, yeah, Rangers sure. Rundown on Twitter. Uh, you can find all of our personal bios, or, or sorry, our, our personal handles in the bio there. Um, you can email us all of your life questions and baseball questions and uh, angry comments to Rangers Rundown at Gmail. And uh, yeah, so we are still getting going, but this is episode 12. We've had fun making this so far, and I feel like we're getting into a pretty good groove. So um, if you enjoy this, share it with people and uh, let us know that you're listening to it. And um, we will see you pretty much every uh, Monday and third, or sorry, Monday and Friday. So yep. let's get this through this season together. Hi, Mom. Go Rangers. Yeah, go Rangers. Go and, Rangers. Uh, take care of yourself. Free running.